0: Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, not all cores are created equal in the cloud, with special guest Stephen Holt. All right, Stephen, tell me a little bit about your background. You're new at Intel. Intel's been hiring cloud solution architects to help our customers move um, intelligently to the right um, cloud instances for their workloads. What qualifies you for this?
1: Well, uh, I've been dealing with the cloud for a number of years. Uh, I've been uh, with IBM introducing their database products into the cloud and through some of their acquisitions. I've been with a number of startups deploying database as a service to multiple cloud platforms, uh, cloud solution providers. And I, I've had a very long history with databases in general, but uh, you know, like I said in the last seven or eight years, focusing on cloud, leveraging the cloud, getting the most out of the cloud for uh, all the customers that I've dealt with in my uh, career.
0: What, what would you say has been some of the most difficult things that you've run into with helping customers move to the cloud?
1: Wow. So um, I'd probably say that you know, you know, actually, the pricing, the movement, the expectations that uh, setting the expectations for the for the move, there's a lot of benefits around agility, time to market, innovative power, uh, but uh, cost. A lot of folks expect cost to be, you know, I, I dramatic, I'm dramatic. i hoping to dramatically decrease cost. I'm getting rid of a lot of IT. That is generally not the case. It's, it's really the agility aspect.
0: Really interesting because cost, everyone, you know, all the cloud service providers say, hey, it's cheaper to run in my cloud. But I've heard this from several other um, cloud service architects or solution architects. Uh, costs if you don't have control of it, it can run out of, I mean, run completely out of your budget very quickly. So it is an issue then.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, you know, becoming a cloud solution architect uh, I've discovered two different things. One is that to change is, is a constant. So I, I, things change all the time with cloud solution providers, the features, the functions, the, the, the abilities um, and the competitiveness between them. I mean, there's constant change. And the other one is that ignorance is bliss. As uh, being, <laughs> being a customer of the cloud providers, you know, I just thought things like a core, a vCPU was just a, a, another resource, another hardware resource that you could just allocate and use in this. And it was all the same across the board and then when you get those bills that that show the ever increasing number and and your workload isn't optimized and you you know intelligence is a curse but you you get smart very quickly uh, when you're so, so that's cloud. that's
0: interesting because a lot of cl- a lot of people migrating the cloud do the lift and shift and what you're telling me is lift and shift is very expensive
1: yeah oh absolutely uh I mean, there's some workloads that don't belong in the cloud. that I and they're pretty obvious. Um, you know, some older uh applications, legacy applications, mainframe applications. I mean, imagine the 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 work and the thought and the just everything that has to go into not just a, a, a it's not a lift and shift. You have to refactor the application and replatform it onto a completely different platform. Yeah, there's just they, there's not a lot of forethought and you just pay for it on the back end.
0: So you, you've done a lot of research on on the instances in the different clouds and making sure that you're picking the right instance, right? For like performance, if I can squeeze out 25% performance improvement, I can actually decrease my cost.
1: Oh, absolutely. Possibly, oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I multiply I, that by a thousand instances. You've saved a lot of money let's just say a lot of money
0: right so this tells me that not all cores these virtual cpus are equal because we would think it's almost like a utility like electricity right in my my electrical wall every electron i get to run my stuff is equal right yeah they're fungible they're interchangeable not true for virtual virtual cores correct that's what you've learned
1: oh absolutely absolutely and uh with uh, AWS, there's, they've got the M4, the Broadwell, Intel's Broadwell, they've got the M5, which uh, is a mix of Cascade Lake and Skylake. And depending on the workload, the workloads can take advantage of uh, uh, those platforms very differently. And it's, it could be, a, a, like we said, a huge amount of money that could, uh, that could be saved as, if you place things correctly.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the performance testing that you have done. You've done some core mark performance testing. What did you find there? What kind of performance? I mean, what, what's the deal here?
1: So the the core mark one was uh, interesting because we, it was maybe it was by rumor that we heard that one of the cloud management providers uh, had an algorithm for, for uh, recommending platforms to their customers, or maybe it was an SI, I, I can't remember, but they leveraged the CoreMark as part of their algorithm. And the CoreMark is is a is a product. It, it's a single threaded application. It just tests register moves and simple additions for any number of uh, uh, CPUs. And as you can see from the the graph, I'm assuming you're showing the graph now, but you can see that across Broadwell, Skylake, and Cascade, like three generations of, uh, of Intel uh, processors, there's very little difference, uh, I'd say within seven to 10% difference um, between those those processors. And it wasn't a very effective way of measuring the differences in the processors themselves. And so, their recommendation from this, again, from this company was erroneous that they were leading other customers towards.
0: It, so you're telling me the core mark performance benchmark really doesn't give you the full system performance that you're looking at.
1: That's correct.
0: we know from Broadwell to Cascade Lake, there is major performance differences.
1: Huge, huge uh, huge performances. And uh, when we're talking about workloads, the, some of the workloads gain significantly uh, going from one uh, generation to the next. So we performed uh, additional tests on real workloads Uh, and I'm a database guy, so I focused on open source uh, or we focused on open source databases, uh, mostly PostgreSQL and uh, MySQL. And we found Definitely a trend that going from Broadwell to Skylake and Cascade Lake, uh, selecting in, in the AWS environment, the, the M4, which was Broadwell, the M5, which was uh, a mix, but we made sure it was on Skylake. Uh, it was a, either Skylake or Cascade Lake. And then N, uh, the NVMe attached M5D was always Cascade Lake. So we could measure or do the differences between the, the, the performance. So and, what did you
0: see? I mean, was it, it, it was better than um, the... Oh, yeah. The I, I mean, the
1: Cascade Lake environment was uh, three times better than, than the, the Broadwell environment uh, for open source. And that makes sense because there are a number of improvements uh, and, uh, and memory access and, and things that uh, have been explained to me. And again, I'm new at Intel. I'm fairly new, so I'm not that up to date with the processor. Uh, technology, but it really, it, it makes a huge difference with the advances, not just speed, but the on-chip advancements that take advantage of the uh, low latency access, low latency workloads, basically. So it's, uh, and you can see, I mean, you can see there was a, a two times and three times uh, better performance going up to the generations based so th- on the workload.
0: So so that tells me though that n- workload and core need to be looked at together when deciding which instance you should be using. You can't just vanilla paste, I'm going to use the cheapest, the M4 uh, 16X large for everything. Yep.
1: That just doesn't
0: make sense is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And when I was a customer, I thought, again, these were just resources and... If Amazon said, here, we've got another vCPU that, uh, that you can use, it's 10% less, and I think that's, that's great, let's use that one. But the way that they would work, they'd take these other processors, they'd pack all these cores on them, and you'd be moving from an environment where you're one of 48 uh, virtual machines on a box to one where there's uh, you know, 128 virtual machines on a box, and your, your access to memory is limited, you're getting, you know, possibly 60% less performance, but you're paying 10% less. So it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out. So you You've got to realize.
0: Yeah, you know what this tells me, Steve, is that we hmm. need to not, when we're outsourcing, we, we talked about this at the beginning, hmm. we think that we're going to decrease our cost. Hmm. That's one of the reasons why we do it. Yep. And one of those costs that we tend to get rid of is uh, systems architects. Right, I I don't need that person that understands how systems are put together or anything like that. It sounds to me like yes, still do.
1: Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. they're not.
0: They're no longer racking and stacking machines. They can now do that virtually, and it sounds to me like they need to understand what these different instances provide uh, for different workloads.
1: Uh, absolutely, and it's it's like I said, ignorance is bliss, but then. The bill comes, and you you become smart pretty quickly
0: very interesting so are is there a place that shows hey which workloads run best on which um instances out there? Are there any resources like there like that out there uh, for the different clouds yet?
1: That's a great question. We Intel we're we're trying to create one. Uh, we do have some general guidelines. We have cl- cloud solution architects that help guide folks that help talk to them. Um, I personally encourage a lot of a lot of testing. I mean, folks have to understand where they're placing stuff, and that brings us to a, actually another point that I, I want to get across, and that's you know, actually validating what you're getting from a cloud solution provider. You know, you're expecting a certain amount of resources and performance, but sometimes it's just not what you're, it, you you do not get what you expect. And, wait, and it's do you worth mean? validating. Wait,
0: wait, 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 no, 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 I don't believe you. Yeah. I do believe you, I'm being sarcastic. But you're telling me if I run a workload on a specific instance that I'm gonna get different performance out of that, if I run it several times on other other instances of that same type,
1: yeah. So uh, now we did some some testing, and now and again, I I thoroughly encourage folks to test to test and and benchmark themselves. But we, I mean, I I did some, we did some, and you know, we would find uh, a workload on a fresh install or a fresh instance. Uh, 64 core um, fixed 64 vCPU instance. Uh, we would test it, get a certain number, and then we would um, instantiate another instance and do the same test again. And we got dramatically varying results from the same test each time. And I mean, the only way we can figure is that. Um, Uh, Again, there there may be uh, uh, a mix of processors that may be offered at that tier level, you know, Skylake and Cascade Lake, and each have their, their, I mean, one has advantages over the other. Uh, But then there's the actual um, uh, block storage attachment where, uh, you know, there could be some distance and some additional latencies to that block storage. And, again, I'm looking at database uh, workloads specifically because I am the database guy. but yeah, the, the performance could vary dramatically. And uh, I highly encourage folks to, to make sure that the, the system that they instantiate meets their expectations.
0: I, I love how you said that it's not just the CPU. It's, it's the whole system. So in mm-hmm. your own data center, you optimize your systems for the types of workloads that you have, yep. right? Sounds to me like you need to do the same in the cloud. You, you can't just ignore it. I mean, I, I think a lot of people just feel, well, I just fire up an instance and I'm fine. But what you have found is the predictability and we, we call that um, predictive performance is in the tank. And that could be several different factors. Uh, one that we always talk about is noisy neighbor, yep. which could be someone else writing on the same drive you're writing on or on the same network or even on the same machine. I mean, and you have zero control.
1: Over that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's all about the expectation. And again, it's that goes back to ignorance really was bliss. But then when you start figuring things out, it's, uh, it, it's, it's quite a lot of work. And, it, 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 you know, ask for help. And that's where uh, folks like myself uh, and, I've, and this, my other peers uh, can, can definitely assist and help folks understand what they're doing, where they're placing stuff, and how to optimize in their environment. Absolutely.
0: What was one of the tricks that you learned from the database, the system as a whole, not just testing, you know, Hey, everything's on on the same system. You mentioned something to me earlier about you tend to get better, better predictive performance by using like NVMe drives on those instances instead of just your uh, generic, um, you know, generic uh, drive space that comes.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's gaming the system, but it's, I mean, we, were, we found that we were uh, more or less guaranteed a Cascade Lake performance when we selected NVMe uh, uh, drives. So in a- AWS, it would be the, the M5D or the R5D. Um, Cascade Lake was, was assured and the, that close attached storage uh, guaranteed the low latency that you'd require for database workloads. And yeah, I mean, there, there's a huge performance difference. Um, yeah, I've, I've found the M5d probably to be the best value um, in the AWS space um, for for uh, low latency workloads.
0: Great, Stephen. This has been very insightful. I mean, I think people will really be able to to use some of the advice that you've uh, given. Sounds to me like the major advice is test, benchmark, test, <laughs> benchmark. I mean of your own workloads to find out which, which ones. And it sounds to me also like you can't just test it once. You've got to test it multiple times because if you have a workload that needs to be highly predictable, um, that's, uh, you gotta, you gotta find the right mix to get this.
1: Absolutely. You can't be ignorant of what, what, goes on in the cloud. You, you really have to get smart pretty quickly and, or look for the help to get there. And, um, it, it Uh, it can really drive a lot of value for you.
0: Thanks for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you liked our episode, go ahead and give us five stars on your favorite podcast or video streaming site. You can also find out more on embracingdigital.com. Until next time, keep moving forward and do something wonderful.